What's happening, everybody? Brandon Wood here for The Mondo Solution, and that guy right over there is Jordan Mack to the double D. That is Jordan McDonald. What's up, Jordan? How are you, oh, sir? What's up? How's it going, Brandon? <laughs> Good. I was going to say that's number... What, I was going to be clever and use like the Michael Jordan thing. I was going to say that's 23 McD, but that doesn't make any sense, and <laughs> I would get that, and you'd be looking at me like I had three heads. Oh, I was born on the 23rd, so... I, Were you really? It does count. It works out. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Really Good. honored to be here today. Good. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, so this is number three, number third episode of The Mondo Solution. And this podcast, this show, this this glory that you're about to behold, dear listener and watcher, <laughs> is all about marketing, right? So that is going to... It's such a wide topic, right? It can be how do you sell to your client? How do you state your value proposition? How do you state your, uh, your services? All these things to really make you business owner and or fellow marketer or whatever more appealable appealable that's a word right yeah appealing appealing sure that would have been the logical solution <laughs> to that good thing this is not like the grammar solution podcast <laughs> grammarly's over there going dude these guys Oof. Their engines aren't powerful enough to do it they're, while it's live. They're not. <laughs> they're like translating real time. I wonder <laughs> if they can do our closed captioning for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, guys, here's what we're going to do today. So, it's funny. In episode one, prior to that, once we were planning the show, Jordan and I were like, all right, so how long should this be? Jordan was like, 15 minutes. I was like, no, let's do 30. And then we did like 38. And then I was like, oh, that, that was good. It, it flowed well. And, and our internal people at Mondo liked it. And they were like, yeah, let's keep it about that. And then I think we went like an hour and 20 minutes on episode number two. <laughs> so in light of that, today, what we have got for you guys. And again, this is, this is for marketers. This is for business owners. This is just for people that are curious and like, how do you get that revenue in the door, right? Because if you've got a storefront or a website or whatever that, if you got a product of any product service of any sort and no one sees it, you've got a billboard in the desert and no one cares. Marketing is the only thing if you're an expert in whatever you do. Jordan is clearly an expert in haircuts. And so the only thing that is going to bring more people in that door, once you're as good as you can get at that thing that you do, is marketing, whether that's network marketing, which we are certainly going to address at some point in time, whether that is social media marketing, digital marketing, physical marketing, print, all of these things, paint, neon, skywriting, we can talk about that at some point in time. But all of those things, that's what's going to change the difference between the two experts, one who just sits there and goes, people should come to me because I know how to do whatever better than anybody else. No one cares, bro. You know, so um, what we have today is a set of statistics that we are kind of going to roll through. And this is a, I will say, this is a set of statistics that it's, it's like several hundred statistics. We're not going to do several hundred today. Today, we're probably going to do, it's around 20 or so. But because I am, as you can tell, long-winded <laughs> and very stream of consciousness, what we're going to do is we're going to actually set a timer so that Brandon learns to shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> so maybe you guys will hear that time. We're going to give, I'm going to give us two minutes per thing, you know, per little bullet point on our list here. And we will address that thing. We'll talk about it briefly. And then on to the next Jordan. Sound good with you? That sounds great. Rock and roll, man. Let me pull up my timer here. All right. I've got a two minute timer. Let me get to statistic number one. So really what we're looking at first is search engine optimization, right? So SEO, if you're a business owner, you're a marketer, you probably know what SEO is. SEO is not like a set of things. It is an ongoing marketing technique, right? Many people go, oh, it's just content. Yeah, content's a huge part of it. Backlinks are a huge part of it. Largely what we're going to be talking about today is conversion rate optimization. So CRO, organic search, voice search, mobile search, and e-commerce, largely as it pertains to SEO. So here comes number one, and I keep closing my darn phone. I'm going to say, damn, and I don't want us to get rated down for anything. <laughs> um, gosh. Smart, very smart. Hey, thank you. Um, so the first thing, I'm going to start my timer. I'm, actually, let me read it, and then I'll start my timer. Email collection forms. This comes from HubSpot State of Marketing Report 2021. Email collection forms were the most successful at converting viewers with a 15% conversion rate in 2020. Jordan, thoughts? So 
when I think about email, typically I think about it as being too much for most people, right? Yeah. I, I, this might be tangential, but it's like, oh, we're, we're getting flooded by email. So it's actually, in my mind, it's kind of a surprising statistic um, considering that a, a lot of people, when they see it, they just they, they swipe it away, they, mm -hmm. you know, for the inundation. That being said, um, I think it's a very natural a natural method, a natural uh, vehicle, if you will, for gathering that information. Uh, you know, otherwise, somebody would have to fill out that form, whether it was on your website uh, or in some other more archaic fashion. Yep. Uh, and yeah, and email conversion forms, uh, it just seems like it's a no-brainer. Yeah, so to me, what's what's kind of the the line in this particular statistics is statistic is that email collection forms were the most successful at converting viewers with a 15% conversion rate in 2020. Why that's important is because collection forms, there's nothing automated about them other than it pops up or what have you, or you have to use it to enter a contest or something like this. But the difference is that you're not taking a Bobo email list that you bought off some website somewhere you're actually only collecting email by way of people who are actually filling out that form. So there are people that are engaged already in you as a company, you as a process, you as a service, you as a product, whatever it is. And so much of that time, unless of course, again, like I've filled out email collection forms where I'm like, enter to win a you know, bag of tchotchkes, whatever the hell that is. But I, I then pay attention to that um, much less because I'm just entering to win. But those things where I go, I'm actually really interested in this, that I'm probably going to be a much higher conversion rate for that. If that makes sense. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Thanks. Timer. Uh <laughs> How about that? Okay. So number two, uh, event, uh, yeah, okay. Events placed at the beginning of videos perform the best with a conversion rate of 12.7%. So I'll take this one first. So I think those events, right? So it's kind of like, if you go into YouTube, you have a YouTube channel, right? If somebody's watching this video, instead of listening to it on Stitcher, Spotify, Audible, whatever, then if you're watching it on YouTube, we can actually go in and see, well, what was the audience retention? Like how far down the timeline of an, a 30 minute long, hour long video, whatever it is, where did people start to drop off, right? Where do people rejoin? So on and so forth. Um, Events placed at the beginning of videos perform best, whether that is a call to action of, hey, subscribe to us, hey, click this thing, hey, leave a comment, whatever those things are, they perform better because I, my favorite thing to say about this sort of thing is that we, Americans in particular, have the attention span of a meth-addicted goldfish in that we're just like eight seconds already and then we're all cracked out and we're just like going on. We literally have about two and a half seconds to really convert somebody in terms of that call to action. And yeah, they are going to take place sure at the end at the middle. But if people are skipping around during the timeline of a YouTube video, for instance, how do you know they're going to skip right to that call to action? I 100% can, can see events place at the beginning being best. Thoughts? Uh, absolutely. I have a few thoughts on this. Uh, so first of all, I think you're giving way too much credit to meth. <laughs> um, you know, I, th Fair. I think there are a number of factors that uh, that are prominent in exactly why Americans are, are so scatterbrained. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, there are a number of distractions, but to a substantive or substantive angle, um, one, yes, it makes sense. The first thing you see is a drive to get to that event, to, to, to sign up, to join, whatever. That makes sense because um, you usually see it prior to thinking, hey, I need to skip this. I'm used to skipping. And my mm -hmm. second point here is that um, recently, probably within the last month or so, YouTube has rolled out a feature where by default, you can see on all the videos, if you hover over the timeline, you can see exactly what the most watched parts of the clip are. Uh, and I, I was just thinking that might factor in to, uh, to, to this not being as effective in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can go into YouTube now and create those uh, chapters those certainly help. You could put a plug at the beginning of each of those people skipping around, but I don't think that's as, as widely used a feature at this point. Um, all right. Thank you, Jordan. So next only 17% of marketers use an a, or excuse me, use landing page AB tests to improve conversion rates. Thoughts, sir. 
Why, why only 17%? Why are they not using mm-hmm. it more? They should absolutely be. Yep. Um, and arguably, it's really not that steep. It, it's not like we're Sisyphus here. It's not like we're rolling the ball up the hill over and over. This is, um, even if you made some minor tweaks between a couple of landing pages, it seems to me that this is low-hanging fruit. You can either yes. use Google Optimize to, to help you set this up in a really hands-on, straightforward way, uh, or, or there's really a million other ways, depending on your hosting platform. It's yeah. a no-brainer. It shocks me that it's that low. Uh, it it so it does it does me as well, except that the people that are selling marketing just want to get that check across the board. It's as simple as that. And quite frankly, I think that's a lot of what it comes down to is that people go, oh, well, we didn't say we're going to do A-B testing, even though like I look at it from the standpoint of, yes, my job is sales, right? But at the same time, my job is to be the most effective marketer for my client, right? So whether that is me saying, hey, we're going to do this thing and then implementation handles that. So if we can rise conversion rates by having, so for instance, the thumbnail of our uh, the artwork for our podcast, you know, if we found that Jordan sitting there going, ah, and giving a big thumbs up and Brandon wearing the same shirt with the same background, the same headphones, whatever, the only difference is my face and we're giving the same thumbs up, but Jordan's performs better. Guess what? That's an AB test. And we have just told us ourselves by way of actual formative data, that Jordan performs better than Brandon in that that likability or whatever it is, right? Whatever the metric is. And I think that do, people do need to pay attention to that because then the agency, the, the implementation, the sales guy even, you look like a rock star because you perform better for your client. It's kind of, it is a 100% a no-brainer. I think it's just lazy to, to be quite frank, you know? Absolutely. My two cents. Uh, boom. Okay. Boom. Nailed it. Uh, whoops, let me pause that. Okay, so the next one, 3.5%, so less than 4% of e-commerce websites visit via visits via mobile are converted into purchase compared to 3.9 on a desktop. Okay, so here's my thought on this. Uh, even when it's really good, even when it's well laid out, and this is my personal bias to this, like a Jordan's shop right? If Jordan's got, I thought I was fifth, selling pens. Well, pens, but you're selling chotch pens. So, <laughs> Jordan's store that's selling stuff. If you've got fifty items, I can see those maybe two at a time on mobile. Whereas my eye, I can see a much broader view of things. I can compare and contrast those things without having to scroll sideways or turn my phone sideways. To me. That's a huge thing. Even on really well put together e-commerce websites. Um, if I go to Amazon, it doesn't. I don't really count that as odd as it seems because I go to Amazon to buy a thing very specifically. I do not go and like browse Amazon unless it's Prime Day or something like that. Um, and I think that that's part of it. I think it's that the interface, regardless of how good mobile e-commerce things are uh, becoming, I don't think it's as effective for me personally as it is on a desktop. What about you? I really have to echo some of the same things you said. I'm very much a, unless it's a specific item, I want to do my research. And (laughs) I mean, look at me, I'm used to using six, seven screens at the same time, right? Yep. So (laughs) I I might be overboard, but even before then, even before then, uh, I I would absolutely love to have more screen real estate so that I can get the best bang for my my buck. That being said, I'm really shocked uh, because in ad space, typically mobile devices are higher converting. Um, So it, it, it's like, yes, they convert to get to the site, but then uh, for e-commerce, they don't follow through necessarily because who knows? It's interesting. Well, I, I'm, I think, and I'll speak briefly past our time. I think that part of that, to your point, when you're getting an ad, it's typically an ad for a thing. So you go to Jordan's website to look for pens that are black ink with a ballpoint, and that's that. When you go to a website that sells pens, you're looking at a hundred pens because you don't know which way to go. And so I think that that could be part of that. And I mean, that kind of harkens back to the AB testing piece, you know? Um, Okay. Media and entertainment is the industry with the highest 
form fill conversions on landing pages. Catering in restaurants uh, is the industry with the highest click-through conversions on landing pages. Um, let's see here. Let me push start. I don't know what this means. <laughs> I, I, as you were saying it, I was trying to distill it inside my head. And uh, the first sentence on its own makes sense. When you yep. go to a website to get video services yes, and there's a form, because that is a very, sure, you could see pricing and packages that say, yeah, we're going to shoot for four hours or half a day, six hours, one guy, no drones. This is your price. But really, there's a lot of details that need to be covered. So having that form first as a client, you absolutely uh, it, it will understand how there are so many complexities to it. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. It it almost seems like these two things, these two thoughts, don't belong to each other. Uh, you know, media yeah. highest form fill, restaurants highest click through. Um, it, it almost makes me wonder. The first one makes sense. The catering and restaurants uh, highest industry with the highest click through conversions. It makes me wonder how are they counting conversions, I guess, phone calls, uh, it, it must not yeah. be the, the form, right? It must be calls or yeah, calls. Well, I think that it, so it's interesting. So this came from a study by unbounce in 2021. So the first thing is media and entertainment is the industry with the highest form fill conversions. I, I don't know what that is. Like, what is your form? What would you fill a form out for to watch a free movie video who knows i so maybe that's part of it um so that kind of makes sense catering and restaurants is the highest click-through conversions i would assume because again you don't go hey let's shop around restaurants you go hey do you feel like indian food tonight and then you go find indian food restaurants you go this one looks good click and you may either make a reservation or you pick up that phone and phone call somebody i think that's probably where those things are going <clears throat> so I think that how they're related is one is a conversion relative to form fill and one is an actual real world conversion. Because what would you be doing for a restaurant and catering service as an, as a form fill? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you want to talk to somebody, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And I would say it just says our last note I'd, I'd say in both situations, you'd want to talk to somebody most likely. Um, yeah. In my mind. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. So the next one, whoops, I pushed, go too soon email visitors are the most likely to convert on forms and people coming from search advertisements advertisements are the least likely okay you first go for it sure yeah <laughs> email visitors are the most likely to convert on forms so i get uh, an email from geronimo and i want uh i'm like yes in most instances to receive emails these days, mm -hmm. you had to like agree to it, right? L legally, yeah. you had to confirm that subscription. So assuming the marketer is, you know, worth their salt and following ethics, of course, they're going to, they're going to convert because uh, of course they're high, highly likely to convert because they, they already wanted that thing. Right. Yeah. I, yes, that is a hundred percent where it is. Those people, you can't just buy email lists anymore. If you do your well, domain sender score is going to get dinged. And so your whatever it's coming from, jordanspens.com, you know, the, that domain is going to be flagged across the board. And anything that comes out, even from like HR or whatever, it's going to go to spam. And that's not good, right? So you can't buy lists anymore, people. And it's against the, I don't think it's a law, but it's kind of like a rule, right? Um, and then search advertisements are the least likely to convert. Yeah, uh, on forms. No kidding. Because again, they're going to go there. You're going to pay for search advertisement. You, you're probably clicking, as we talked about earlier, on a specific pen that uh, capped black ink rollerball pen from Jordan's Pens. You're going to go there. That's the pen I want. So why when I go to that website and I see some pop-up thing, right, which is probably what they're talking about, a form, that form comes up. And then you're going to fill that out and you know, no, man, you're like, dude, I, I came to, <laughs> what is it? Sizzler to go to the freaking buffet. Sizzler. Don't stand in my way. <laughs> That's so weird. Does I'm Sizzler mixing... even exist anymore? I don't know. Yeah. Perkins does, I'm sure. Like. Old country buffet, Zaxby's, whatever has a buffet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> terrible. You know, the way I read that, just a, uh, one more thought, Please. the way I read that last sentence was people coming from search advertising. So I, I was, in my mind, I'm imagining people that go to google.com and they search for Jordan's pens and the top 
nine rows are ads and that is the least likely to convert comparatively to email well they're the least least likely to convert on forms on forms i think that's the takeaway for me that's yes. kind of the the, the oh, determining yes. factor I think. Um, again, that's from Unbounce 2021. Next one is the highest bounce rates are on social, uh, which is 45%, followed by direct direct traffic, right? Um, okay, so let me take this one real quick. So when, so when you come to a website and the quicker you go away, that's you bouncing. I'm a bounce. It's like you go into a party and you're like, not my crowd. You know, all these people are much better looking than I am. I'm out. <laughs> so, which never happens. So, I think that part of that to me uh, is social. And this is kind of uh, an endemic virus of sorts in our, our, the way that we consume information is that people are using BS titles and headlines to grab people on social to get them to go there. And the same thing carries over on direct traffic, but more of our own social. And it's like, you'll never believe what this kid has on his nose. And you go to see it and you can't find the picture of the kid with something on his nose. Or you're like, oh, he has a pimple. Congratulations, you're 13. Don't you like my, meta- my ridiculous metaphors? So I think that's what it is. That the, the headlines tell you this sensationalist thing, which I could you, I can't even imagine a viable news outlet putting out a sensationalist headline never and then when you it's direct stuff too when you search for weird stuff on kids noses and you find a result and you go to it that same headline and then meta description or what are going to get crawled by google and indexed and so i think that's probably what's happening there yeah so i had i think you covered all that really well and i'm not going to rehash any of that the item that stuck out to me was the direct bounce rate being yep. almost as high as social. Yeah, that's so, kind of surprising. No matter how an individual gets to whatever whatever landing page, right, on your site, mm-hmm. if they're if they're bouncing, that means that the ad that you set up is not going to the correct landing page. It means you didn't make a proper landing page for the ad that you're you're running. Um, I think this just speaks to how, how important it is to be on top of ha- having that really tight linkage between ad and an appropriate landing page and to get that conversion. Yeah. And it speaks to that, the aforementioned AB testing, you, you learn those things. If you just put one thing up and let it ride, you're never going to catch the mistakes. I mean, to my mind. Cool. Okay. Now the next little kind of sub headline here is mobile search. So 64% of SEO marketers that's us, dude, <laughs> call mobile optimization an effective investment. Jordan, take it away, sir. I mean, they're not wrong. 64%, uh, you know, it's it's perhaps lower than it should be. Yeah. Uh, but think about it. Even though by 0.5%, there is a lower e-commerce conversion rate for mobile compared to desktop, even, even at that that doesn't say anything about washing your hands clean of, of, of not performing mobile optimization. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't think you need us or anybody to tell you that everybody's on their phones and they're on their phone a lot of the time, even when they're watching TV I, and I'm no exception, even when I'm watching TV, I'll still look at my phone, maybe to look up whatever that actor yep. or some wild idea enters my brain. And I want to search for that. If you're not if you're not optimizing to capitalize on on those brief interactions with your mobile device, I'm not sure what you're doing. Well, and and quite frankly, it, I, I'm it's shockingly low to me. The, the, any SEO marketer, quote unquote, that is not those 36 percent that are saying it's not an effective investment are they're probably still you know marketing their own GeoCity site. So the other thing is that. It's not only is mobile optimization an effective investment relative to people converting on your website, but you will turn people off permanently and it won't just have a not positive outcome. It will have a negative outcome um, on 
your website. And, and quite frankly, the more and more, I, I don't have the statistics sitting right in front of me. I'm sure it's in this big list that we're looking from somewhere, but <clears throat> the amount of people actually using their phone relative to a computer, a desktop, laptop, whatever it is, uh, is increasing year over year all the time, constantly. So why would you not? It's ridiculous. I, I can't believe it's 64%, frankly. I mean, it is from 2021, but it's not that long ago. So yeah, no excuse. good times. <laughs> uh, okay. The next one, let's see here, um, is the average American has access to more than 10 connected devices in their household. Now, you, Jordan, take it first. And while you do that, I'm going to look up how many connected devices are in my household. I'm in my home office right now. I'm going to pull this up so I can tell you guys, but go ahead. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the many hats that I wear is cybersecurity and IT. Um, so I don't think it would surprise anybody for me to say that <laughs> the average number of devices that are in my household that are connected at a time, most likely at recent look exceeds 50 um, and it, it's probably between 50 to 60 on a regular basis. Yes, yeah. I am well outside the norm, but, uh, but, but yeah, I, I need all those devices. Don't, don't judge me. Yeah. I mean, so we have got, th so there are 30, it says 30 devices online in our home. Now here's the difference. Some of them are not active right now. So my computer is active. Like our, our Apple TV, I guess is active MacBook pro kitchen display. So a couple like three or four Google nest devices, uh, a couple cameras outside my like three iPhones. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's not, outside the realm of possibility for th 30. Th not all of them are pulling data right now. Like our Sonos in our kitchen is not pulling any data. Our, you know, we have, again, some other camera things that are not really pulling any data right now. But the large majority of them are connected doing certain things. And we, we keep it pretty tight on the privacy aspect of those devices. But still... The, the point being that this plays in and there again, there are more statistics in this list that speak to voice search, right? We're going to talk about that here in a second. How many people are using voice search? I guess it depends on the device where it is. What voice are you talking about? Siri, you talking about Alexa? Like what are those different things? How are you using them? And we'll kind of get to that again here in a second, I think. So it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder what that really gets at because I suppose there's a difference between a, mm -hmm. Internet of Things device in a connected device. Um, yeah, you might have that camera, but that camera, you're not going to yell at that camera and ask for my pens to be delivered you don't know. to you. <laughs> I, 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 it might be listening. It is listening, <laughs> but it's not going to deliver the product. I'll That's true. That much. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next one, mobile devices, excluding tablets, generate about half of all website traffic globally. Okay. So... Excluding tap, what's another mobile device? I mean, there's just phones, watch. right? Smartwatch. Oh yeah, watches. Yeah, I but guess it has to be a fraction of a fraction. A fraction, of a fraction. I would, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't really have much to say about that. I guess, I guess it kind of speaks to where we're going, but that's kind of that's not surprising in the least. And that's mm -hmm. from 2020, so it's probably higher now. I, I suppose in my mind, um, it surprises me that it's only. Roughly 50%. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why they excluded tablets. This is kind of a mobile device. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, okay. So let's say, let's say it was such a small percent that they didn't want to include it. Say tablets right. are only 10%. That still leaves 40% of website traffic generated from a desktop or a right. laptop, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, and I think, I, I mean, I, I just, I guess it thinks it's really speaking to, in, I, you know, it could speak to maybe they're including tablets that are based car based things. You know, Tesla essentially has a computer in it. I mean, all cars have computers in them. So, uh, you know, it's really moving toward the, the need for convenience, I think is what it boils down to. We want something lightweight that can fit in our pocket. Um, meanwhile, my phone has like 8,000 times the <laughs> the computing power that whatever took the lunar lander to the first moon landing. So it's pretty impressive, really, you know, 
Um, I just want to have a moment of gratitude for technology. That's right. <laughs> that's right. A moment of gratitude. Uh, okay. So the next one is kind of a play on that. We don't even need to touch on it. It's basically mobile web traffic is consistently counted for about half of all global web traffic since the beginning of 2017. Um, the next one is... Well, whoa, almost, whoa. I, I do want to say... Yeah, right, please. Con- consistently, like since 2017... Uh, and this stat is from maybe 2020 or the end of 2020. 2020 so for, yeah. for maybe three three full years, it it hasn't changed. Um, yeah, that doesn't make shocking, any sense. Right? I, like I do. Um, I wonder why that is. I really wonder why that is. I'd like to look like what's the stat behind the stat, not mm-hmm. just the stat. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's look more into that. That's a good point, Jordan. Because I mean, now we're looking at five years down the road, and what's the deal? It's and maybe maybe that just speaks to maybe this is the plateau. Maybe this is maybe this is it. Maybe now everybody's going to brick their phones, and they're going to go back to the <laughs> they're going to go back to flip phones, or no phones, or walkie talkies, smoke okay. signals, and the like. Um, the next one: almost twenty five percent of companies invest in mobile optimization as a top SEO tactic thoughts. Oh, well, of course it reminds me of the very first stat from this mobile search section where only 64% mm-hmm. percent of them thought it was an effective investment. Yep. So, so whatever, uh, uh, like two thirds, two thirds are saying it's an effective investment and only a quarter are investing a- as one of their top tactics. Yeah. Um, Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe so Well, one, the, the first statistic was speaking to marketers, um, thinking that as opposed to companies themselves. The second is toward companies themselves. I, I, I can imagine. <clears throat> and by the way, here's what I would say. Everybody go to, uh, while you're listening to this, I'm going to pull it up. Berkshire Hathaway, uh, com, I think. Let's see. Hathaway.com. So Berkshire Hathaway is Warren Buffett, basically, right? This is his company. Berkshire Hathaway, I forget what their portfolio size is, but it's massive, many, many billions of dollars. Uh, This is their website. It looks like garbage um, because it doesn't have to be anything. It's not mobile optimized. It ain't pretty. It's There's like a Geico ad on it because Geico is one of their companies for some odd reason. But like... I guess it depends on what you're doing. If you're strictly informational, who cares? I, I would assume that that's part of it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I, am I? I wonder. I know we're not sharing this uh, screen for our viewers, but am I seeing the same thing? This is like just text. There's not a single image correct. except for the Geico logo. That's correct. <laughs> I have never seen this website before. And this is just the corporate website, right? I mean, so the 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 fund it's Berkshire Hathaway Inc., mm-hmm. right? So it's it's really just reporting stuff, kind of links to SEC filings, things like the annual meetings and what have you. So it doesn't have to be fancy. Why? If you go into the different brands, um, there's something on here for you where you can go and see. Okay, well, what are our brands like what are our here links to berkshire hathaway or berkshire subsidiary companies if you go into that it shows you all these brands like you go to seize candies for for instance all of a sudden that's a much more robust website right um built on salesforce uh commerce cloud all these different things so that those are much different than berkshire hathaway itself but that's just kind of the holding company interestingly so. Absolutely. It speaks to a lot about the founder, right? He's been in his same house since yes. he bought it, right? Like it, it, it's so much yeah. about, um, he, he obviously was the primary voice behind that choice. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So Jordan, we're going to go, we got six more of these that we'll cover today just for time's sake. Otherwise, I mean, seriously guys, this list that we're looking at, they're probably close, uh, well over a hundred different statistics, but uh, for the sake of time, so that you guys don't fall asleep while driving your car, running, exercising, feeding your children, whatever it is while you're listening to this amazing gloriousness that I mentioned earlier. Uh, yes. Cue angels. You need that as like a, as like <laughs> a, a go-to sting. sound pad. Yes. <laughs> that I do. There. I don't have anything close. Damn it. So you have to sing. I like it. Um, okay. We're get, now we're going into kind of moving away from mobile, uh, mobile search, right? Mobile search into organic search. Uh, 
Over 50% of marketers, so we're talking about marketers here, say that keyword rankings and organic traffic are the top way they measure the success of their SEO strategies. Jordan, take it away, sir. Okay, so what are the other 50% measuring the success of their SEO? If SEO is centered around increasing traffic, increasing visibility of, of, of you, your website, whatever other domains that you have, um, I suppose they could measure it outside of organic traffic and keyword rankings. I, I, I suppose they could be like measuring it off of their YouTube views. Uh, well, I, I think it's, so again, I, I look at it like this. So the marketers are people that are getting paid to market and being able to prove their worth, their value, right? We, we run into this all the time where people are going to go, great, what do I get for X? Well, quite frankly, I would bet among the other 50%, let's say, they're tracking conversions. They're tracking those email form collections that we mentioned earlier. They're also collecting keyword rankings and organic traffic. The downside to that is that you, as Google becomes more local, I was meeting with a general contractor yesterday and he's their general contractor in Boulder, very successful company. And he goes, Oh, I wonder what happens if you look for general contractors in Boulder. And I'm cause when I looked up RFs or SEMrush or whatever we were using, it, it shows them not ranking super high for that particular keyword. And then he searched for it and he's like, Oh, here we are. We're number three. And I go, yes, because you're sitting at your desk in your office in Boulder at a place that's been established for 18 years. And so I think that some marketers game that I knew one client one time, not excuse me, one company one time they had an HVAC client and they were really doing well in terms of keyword rankings for like part numbers, which no one was searching for. So I think what it is, is really it's marketers looking for ways to validate their usefulness, which doesn't always happen. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. You hit the yeah. nail on the head there. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of digging on us, right? <laughs> I'm like, here's why people in our industry suck. So I feel bad saying it, but like, that's what kind of sets, I mean, humble brag, that's what sets us apart. There are a lot of people that speak about trust results and clarity, um, but you don't trust them because all they're doing is trying to cash a check. You're just a piece of meat, you know, and, and we don't play those games. It's like, pay us because we kicked ass, not because a piece of paper says you have to. So my two cents. Um, all right, 71% of marketers, again, this is marketers, use strategic keywords, uh, excuse me, say that using strategic keywords was their number one strategy for SEO. So I have some things to say about this. I would agree with that. You have to be strategic with your keywords and you have to be specific. Over COVID, um, one of the kind of, I don't have this pulled up right in front of me right now, but one of the things that came out of that was people seeking specificity in what they were looking for. So I remember the first few weeks of the lockdown and we're sitting, you know, the first few weeks of the two weeks to flatten the curve, that was three years ago. Um, and we're sitting there watching people search for things to do with their kids, for instance, because they could, we could get outside and what have you. So people weren't searching for places to hike near me. So we're, you know, I live in Boulder County, Colorado. You're down South of me. I think you're Adams County or Doug Co or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of hiking here, right? And people weren't going places to hike near me. What they were doing is they were going uh, places to hike with toddlers, Longmont, Colorado, which is my city, right? They were being very, very specific. And then they were going in and finding that. And I think that part of that is people really getting in there and saying, okay, what is the strategic way to do this? It's not enough to say chiropractor near me. We're in Boulder County. You can't hit a, swing a dead cat without hitting 50 chiropractors. But if you go chiropractor for sciatic pain, Fort Collins Co. or Longmont Co. And then you spell sciatic wrong, on purpose because some people spell sciatic wrong. All of those things are strategic and important thoughts. I do have some thoughts, please it always depends on the strategy that you're going for. Yes. yes. If you're trying to, uh, let me say it a different way. If you're trying to build brand awareness or a product awareness or a service mm -hmm. awareness, yep. this does not really apply necessarily. I think you need this on top of something else. And that's something else being, uh, 
you probably want to search, you probably want to be targeting keywords that are broader, more yes. generalized. Albeit, if you're not trying to build that awareness and it, you don't have a niche that you're trying to market, um, your if your product or service is not necessarily a niche e thing, then this what I'm speaking of broad keyword targeting, it won't be financially effective. So yes. a, a long way of saying is yes, <laughs> for most people, most of the time, being strategic with their keywords uh, is it has to be, uh, and it proves to be the best thing you can do. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. You ha you can't just strategic means so many different things. And the biggest thing of those is what do you want this keyword to do? Is it establish your brand or is it bring customers in the door? Uh, and ultimately establishing your brand will bring customers in the door, right? So it's, it's playing the strategic timeline forward, right? To its ultimate conclusion, which is conversion. But how are you going to get there? What's the avenue? What's the methodology? Things like that. Um, the next one we're going to skip because I feel like that's a rabbit hole that we're not going to go down. <laughs> So Fair enough. I'll read it that. real quick so you guys have it. Um, uh, Google uses 810 unique SERP features, SERP, search engines result, engine results pages, uh, features. Of those, 161 are found on more than 0.2% of keywords. Again, important statistic, but we're not going to go down that. <laughs> we're not going to go down that road. Okay. The average CTR from image results on Google is 0.21%, but it varies widely by industry. Jordan, take it away. You know, Google search for images, in my mind, I used to really love it. It, it And not from a marketing perspective, as mm -hmm. a user perspective. It used to be great. The, um, the viewport for the image used to take up the whole screen. Uh, it was great, but you can tell over the last several years that they have been gearing it more and more to being a tool for, yes. for marketers and why should they not? No judgment there. But these days, instead of having a huge viewport for an image and being able to directly save that image, you now get a smaller viewport where you still see all the things that are surrounding it and mm -hmm. it makes it harder for the user if they're just wanting to collect that image for whatever purpose they may have. Um, they, they can't do that. Now when you click, it immediately takes you to uh, the page where that image lives. This is a good yes. thing for marketers. Absolutely. This is a great thing. That being said, to this specific statistic, uh, that average click-through rate, 0.21%? Yeah. 0.21%. This is a, it's mind-blowingly low. Uh, yes. So I, I think about it is how do you search? One, it really means that your alt tags, your descriptions, all of those things really need to be on point um, from, an, from a metadata for images standpoint. Because <clears throat> if you go, I was searching for something recently, I can't remember what it is right now, but I didn't know what it was. Let's say I was like trying to figure out uh, this pint glass, glass pint glass that I'm holding in my hand, uh, my water cup here. If I didn't know how to say pint glass, I might go, you know, glass water receptacle or something like that, and then be shown a list of things. Then I'm going to see in the description again, because the description is important description or metadata or whatever it is. Um, it's going to say, Hey, this is a pint glass. And then I'm going to go search again. I think that's what it is, is that people are narrowing down what they're looking for based on what the description is saying, and then searching again for that thing. That's Absolutely. how I do it, I think. So maybe that's why it's so low because people aren't actually clicking through for there, from there to a website. But to your point, from a marketer's perspective, this is why descriptions and meta tags and all those things and uh, alt tags are so important for images. So, yeah, good stuff. Okay. <clears throat> uh, next and second, a penultimate, if you will, website or a person, company, services, website is the number two channel used in marketing behind social media. Okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised that it's the number two used in marketing. I guess I would say, what do you mean used in marketing? Um, because ultimately, if you have your website and you want to talk about a pro let's say you're a builder of some sort this gc i talked to and they want to brag about one of their most recent and amazing projects right they're going to share that all over social and they're going to share it on social frequently 
but where does the social go? The social ultimately is going to their website. They're saying, go over to our website, take a look at this. They're going to go on YouTube. They're going to talk. And if you consider YouTube social media, they're going to go talk about it, maybe interview the owner. And they go, if you want to see more pictures of this, go to our website. So I would love to see that kind of breakdown. Social, I also think is just easier. So, I mean, for us, you know, Jordan, we are kind of in that space. Like if I need to do a website update for something, I'm not intimidated by it. Um, you're not intimidated by it, certainly less than I am. Um, but there are a lot of people that go, Oh God, I have to write a blog post. And they act like they just said, I have to go bury my dog. And it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I think it's that social is so easy to use. That said, I bet you there's a statistic in this list about how ineffective people are using social media. So tell you for what it's worth <laughs> your thoughts. You know, you said everything really well there. I will add that we were having a spirited debate amongst the team just this week about what is social media. Yep. And if you look at it on the core, and this is, <laughs> this could cover multiple hours oh, of Oh, God, debate. yes. Um, but Decades. that being said, right, <laughs> you alluded to it. Is YouTube social media? Mm-hmm. By definition, it is media and it is social. So it has to be social media. I think colloquially, I'm not sure most people think of YouTube as social media. It's like its own thing. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of ride an interesting area. And I think that, yeah, I, I, whenever I look at those things and so we're talking website, number two channel user marketing behind social media, what is social? And then what are the pertinent social channels to you? Uh, that same GC that I was speaking to yesterday is great. I really, really hope they become a client. Um, what, what was interesting to him is we're sitting there and I think he's probably about the same age as I am. I'm 44. Uh, he may be a little bit older, um, but we're sitting there and we're having this conversation. And I said, well, you have to consider who your audience is and where you're, what form of social you're using. Um, Cause I was speaking about another client who's in the outdoor living space, builds amazing custom decks. And I said, you know, in the deck space, People are leaning into Instagram hugely, like putting tons of energy behind it. And he was like, oh yeah. And then mentioned he really likes TikTok. And I go, okay, well, let's break this down for a second. And I know I'm going over my little (laughs) two minutes, but I said, the people that are in TikTok, I forget the statistics off the top of my head, but they skew much, much, much younger than Instagram and Facebook. And kind of as you go from Facebook down, they get younger and younger and younger. And TikTok probably being one of the youngest and maybe Snapchat. But those things are marketing or more catering to audiences of people who do not have disposable income. And to me that I I go, okay, well, if you don't have disposable income, like what are we doing here? Why am I going to market? If I'm, if I'm a GC in his space and their average project tag is like a million dollars plus, for instance, there are very few <laughs> pre 30 year olds live. There are a few don't get me wrong. Cause it's Boulder and Boulder's relatively high end, but like there just aren't that many people that are homeowners that are willing to put a huge addition on the back of their house that are using TikTok as their primary means of digesting information. So it's kind of like use social media where your clients are, I guess, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Our final one for today Okay, 69% percent of marketers of marketers invested in SEO in 2021. Jordan, thoughts? Invested. You know, and marketers. Makes yeah, marketer marketers invested. 69% of marketers invested in SEO last year. Hmm. Okay, so the other thirty percent, the other thirty-one percent, they they chose not to invest. It makes me wonder exactly what this means. Does it yes. mean that they had invested in prior years and they had a set budget and they did not increase that budget for twenty twenty-one, or does it mean that they potentially never invested in an SEO in prior years and then continued to not invest in <laughs> SEO this year? Right. I wonder about that same thing. I think that statistic is a little misleading because I go, okay, well, when you say invested, do you mean you paid money? You're a marketer. Why? Like if we at Mondo and we're talking about this right now, and I keep talking about 
writing a, some content that I need to get my ass in gear and get done. But like, we're going to do it, right? I mean, why would we invest money in that? What I wonder if that is speaking toward is things like buying backlinks, which, you know, um, things like that. I think, or, or kind of, but if you have an internal team, I think that that's where it's kind of like, why would you invest? Why would you spend money externally? Maybe they are talking about it. Maybe they're going in an investment is Jordan who gets paid to, you know, just by Mondo. Why would, would Jordan write this as, so maybe I, I just, I would love to see that stat broken down a little bit more because I feel like it's a little bit misleading. However, there are companies that don't do their own stuff internally. Uh, it's but all, these are marketers. They're marketers. They're exactly. all buying it and reselling it effectively. It, yeah, I think on the surface, on the head, that's, that doesn't make any sense. There yep. has to be something deeper there. Agreed. What are they considering investment? Yes. What are they considering investment? They should call Warren Buffett from Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gents and ladies and ladies and gents and all you people listening out there, this has been the Mondo Solution episode three that right there is two three to the mick d that's jordan's new nickname write that down <laughs> b woods you're crushing it i love it i'm just making crap up it's it's my it's what i do um i jordan thank you so much sir it is friday thank right you, now thank you i hope you have a spectacular weekend we're supposed to get some snow potentially in the high country. can't wait snow day oh, pow pow i don't know if it's quite <laughs> pow pow region yet but our first ski area is opening monday a basin is opening on monday in the great state of colorado the centennial state yes Mm -hmm. sir um well thank you sir i appreciate you being here today it's been awesome thank you thank you yes sir uh all those of you listening we don't know how this is going to work yet but follow mondo just search for mondo solution on all of the socials search for brandon wood mondo jordan mcdonald mondo on Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Follow us. If you guys have any questions, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a comment down below. We would love that. Subscribe, like, follow, share. Send it to your grandma just because we're very handsome gentlemen. And she would enjoy that. Um, but <laughs> Grandma needs click-through rates too. She does. She needs click-through rates to sell her chat cases. So, um, but please follow us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. If there's anything of this that you would like to add to or clarify on, again, whatever platform we're using, uh, please find the way to contact us through that. Again, we don't know. We're so new as podcasters in for this show that we don't really have that mechanism in place yet, but we will by the next episode, at least have an email for you guys to send your hate mail to. Um, so Jordan, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Bye.